I'd like to say that this was an idea from the Salzburg think tank, but it wasn't. Apparently, Doris and the, the other two German-speaking people were talking about um, the uh, difference that between myself that has stayed successful um, over a long period of time <clears throat> and a lot of these guys that I've described, <clears throat> one, that have never attained success, and two, that maybe have attained a lot of success, but then fallen off the rails, fallen off the wagon. Um, and, and one of the things that Bruce Whipple and some of the other guys that I've been around for you know almost 20 years, actually 20 years, have said they've seen, uh, Bruce will say, it never ceases to amaze me how so-and-so will have attained so much success and then just nosedive. And they take their Messerschmitt right into the ground. Uh, and uh, Doris made the comment that based on conversation uh, with the uh, other two guys, the German speakers, that um, perhaps because I am grounded uh, and uh, better than they, and that I haven't allowed success to uh, affect me that much. And um, they also said that, uh, you know, uh, being successful, super successful, high, super high performance isn't for everybody because there's a lot of stress involved. And amen, that's absolutely true. And just as I say, this seminar is not for everybody watching it. Being successful, I'm not talking about you, you know, you, you make 100 grand a year, or I mean, super successful and you start fulfilling your dreams is not for most people. And a good example of this, and I just thought of it, People win the lottery. Now, I don't know about Germany or Australia or Holland, but I can only speak for America. A guy wins the lottery or a couple wins the lottery or six people share 300 million or whatever it is. Within one, two, four, five years, a good portion of them are broke. That's why when people take lump sums in the lottery, I think they're stupid. I would rather two million a year for the next 40 years because then I kind of piss it down a rat hole. Because the super success isn't for anybody. There was a couple uh, in their middle, late 40s, a couple years ago, that were from Iowa or someplace. They not only didn't want, they, they didn't want all the money at once, they didn't allow them, because you have the, uh, the ability to either say what, who you are if you want it, or not say who you are, and you can send a lawyer. They didn't want anybody to know it. And then it came out five years later, four years later, and they went on uh, one of the big talk shows and they said, we, didn't, we promised ourselves we would do nothing for a year. They didn't spend a penny for a year. They didn't buy a new car. They didn't buy a new house. They didn't buy a new dress, a new pair of a suit or anything. Because they had done research and realized that so many people get separated from their money and do dumb things. So their own families didn't know they had the money. Now, as far as being grounded, I, you know, between my father, who was a policeman to begin with before he, you know, went into the intelligence game, and my mom, who was a housewife, uh, who was born just outside Mexico City, uh, and my, uh, my dad serving in two of the wars, second in Korean, and me serving during the Vietnam crisis, I'm pretty grounded. Plus, I came from humble beginnings to begin with. My dad made $142 a month as a policeman. You know, even long ago, that wasn't any money. You know, we're two extra jobs to put food on our table. So I'm, I came grounded. 
and the, the two or three friends that I had 50 years ago are still my friends. And a lot of the super rich guys that I've known aren't really my friends. They're my I, they're acquaintances. We know each other. And uh, so I am grounded. And I didn't allow it to make me um, do a lot of crazy things that you do. Although I went through boats and planes and I did that. Uh, but as far as my own personality, I'm pretty much the same. And just as Dr. Shirley Teeter said in 1991 when I was brought back as the leading graduate where I went to business school, she said the only thing that's changed when they interviewed her and says, uh, you see Mr. Peña for 25 years, how's he changed? And she says, she looks into the camera and says, the only thing that's changed with Danny is his accomplishments have caught up with his big mouth. Period. He's still the same guy. Now, you can imagine as a graduate assistant, I'm teaching graduate students back then. That I was only three, two, three or four years older then. And I'm talking to the kids exactly the way I'm talking to you, exactly the way I'm talking to um, YouTube. And I was only 25, 26 years old. So I've been like this a long, long time. And now I just turned 68. Uh, and one of the, one of the, the, the things that at lunch came out, and we filmed lunch, we're going to see how much we're going to have to edit out of the lunch. Because I told about a couple of uh, uh, real-life things that happened at lunch uh, back in the 90s. <clears throat> Short of murder, we've seen everything happen at this seminar. And I fully expect if I give this seminar another 20 years, we're going to see murder. We will see murder. Okay. But uh, Mr. Think Tank uh, made, the, uh, made the comment <clears throat> that... Um, the reason, one of the reasons I'm so rough on YouTube is because I don't want you to come to the fucking seminar. Which is true, I don't. I only want you to come to the seminar if you're willing to put up with the pain. Because then I know at least I got a 50-50 chance of making you successful. Otherwise, you're fucked. You're wasting your money. You might as well burn it in your fucking fireplace. Or better yet, give it to me and I'll give it to some of the charities that I'm dealing with. You know, uh, prevention of the cruelty animals, uh, uh, Mother Teresa's orphanages I support, and a bunch of the nuns. Okay. Because I realize there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a high failure rate unless you're absolutely focused. And most people aren't focused, and that's why you buy the stuff from the guys that tell you it's easy. <clears throat> and uh, Doris, uh, the chocolate maker here, uh, when she said she asked her to go through the process of, of elimination, how she decided to come here. How long has she known about me? About a couple months. Right? Two months. Okay. And that's faster than most people make the decision. <clears throat> and for a Germanic, that's lightning fucking speed. I mean, that's lightning speed because most people have got to do more spreadsheets than that. Isn't that right, Herr Professor? Anyway. <clears throat> But she said that then at the very end, just before, she got head downs, which we all have, right? Right, okay. She's shaking her head, yes. Uh, she had doubts, and then she decided not to look up any more about me because she had gone through her pros and cons and her lists and yes and no lists, but she didn't want it to, to do any more research. She didn't read the book, and she didn't do this, and she didn't do that because she had made up her mind because her gut instinct was from the beginning that it was a good thing for her when she did her gut check. And so she didn't want to talk herself out of it. She didn't want to talk herself out of it. And that's good. But what I'm doing here is against my, uh, it's cross purposes for me. 
Whereas the other guys, success coaches, would do just the opposite. They sell hard that this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. This is the greatest thing since the multiple orgasm. This is this, and it's, it, it is, if you put it into, you implement it and you execute it, it will change your life. But you've got to be willing to pay the price to action to get it done. And, uh, and, but no matter who comes here, they're better off for not if they came as opposed to not coming. Because even if they don't swallow the whole uh, methodology, they're going to increase their lifestyle, they're going to increase their ability to provide for their kids, their family, etc., their parents, whoever that is, and they'll be able to um, fulfill their dreams. Um, so you're right, I don't make it easy. I don't make it easy, and um, I'm not. I'm not. Some people say I'm even getting harder in the YouTube part than I used to be, uh, because it was suggested a long time ago. YouTube's not been around how long? Six, seven years. Yeah, it was suggested six, seven years ago. <coughs> this would be a great marketing tool, Dan. <clears throat> and I thought about it. Hmm. I don't think that's such a great idea, because at that time, <coughs> maybe I was naive. I didn't think I could say fuck shit and everything on YouTube. Now I know better. And guess what? I talk on YouTube just like I talk in the seminar. And we've got a whole section of about 30, 40 minutes about is bad language acceptable in the 21st century in the high performance business? And I give five or six examples. Yes. Categorically. My favorite example is Vice President Joe Biden telling Barack Obama as he leans over on national television with 45 million people listening, this is a big fucking deal. And on that positive note, this is a big fucking deal. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later.